every single time they talk about a nonprofit, I all a not for profit, I always said do a for profit business. <laughs> and they always every time. And they say, why, why, why? And they're like, but the tax breaks say, look, I can go get this government money. And I said, and so there's a couple of thoughts here. I said, the fact that you're talking about government money sounds like you're already thinking like somebody needs to give you a handout to get your job done. It's literally the employee mindset versus the entrepreneur mindset. Yes. It's literally, it's, like, it's literally that. Yes, right? It's like, I don't, it's like, I'm already thinking about all this free money that the government gets out, I just want to get there, and then I can fulfill my dream off the government. Yep. Welcome to the Perspective Podcast, where we embrace open dialogue from different perspectives about entrepreneurship, relationships, and education. And this open dialogue is needed, especially today, as we live in a Twitter finger society where everyone seems to care more about getting their point across than they are about hearing the other person's perspective. If you're ready to grow your business, your relationships, and your personal development, stick with us here at the Perspective Podcast, because sometimes in life, to get to the next level, you just need a different perspective. If I look like what I've been through, I'd be roadkill. Tell me off of the pavement, I'm reeking from the motel. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Perspective Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, C. Muzan. Got T here with me. Say what's up, T. What's going on, family? Guys, we are back for another episode. We're excited to take some time to share a new topic with you, a new perspective with you. Um, as always, every week that, that we come in, we really just want to provide value. We want to get a chance to talk about the things that aren't being talked about, or if they are being talked about, maybe they're one-sided. We're looking at them from just one perspective. And T and I want to be able to give you the other side or give you a different perspective or a different way to look at the same thing, the same topic, the same issue that you might be dealing with. Today is going to be a little bit more on a business context. Um, as you know, both T and I are in business. Um, so when we think about business, obviously there's lots of things that pop up throughout our week or throughout our days that we want to have conversations on. This is one that I wanted to have a little bit more of a conversation on because as I've been networking and shaking a lot of hands with small business owners or people that want to become entrepreneurs or small business owners, I've seen a common theme or uh, a theme that's kind of resonated uh, throughout a lot of these people. And it comes to the uh, the question of when starting a business, should I do a, non, um, a not-for-profit or should I do a for-profit business, right? So in business, there's two different types of business. I mean, there are actually multiple, but specifically what we're talking about today is the type of business where you are in there to make a profit. It's a for-profit business. You know you're going in to sell a product, to sell to sell a service, to do something, to grow top-line revenue, and then you'll bring money to the bottom line, which is your profit. So there are for-profit businesses, but then there's this other side, which we used to call non-profit, but I think the, I think the more technical term is not for-profit, because it's not that they don't make money, 
it's well i don't know we might touch on that but it's not that they you know they're not designed to make money it's just a matter of the mission or the purpose of the business is not for selfish profit and and i don't want to say selfish in a negative way but i mean just for the business's profit that's not why it was set up normally not for profits often are giving back to charity or are some type of charitable organization or giving back to communities or setting up schools or doing things to move uh, humanity forward or people forward. They're very mission centric. And I've seen this over the past, I don't know, few few months or so that a lot of people are saying, you know, I want to start a nonprofit over saying that they actually want to start a for profit business. And that led me to kind of have this thought and T and I, you know, had a little bit of conversation about it, but that's what we're bringing to you today is kind of the question of, you know, what's your thoughts on this non not-for-profit versus for-profit business? Is one better than the other? Uh, is, is one more noble, right? A lot of times in our society, I start to feel like maybe it's more noble to, to do a not-for-profit, right? It makes you feel better if you went that route to say, you know what, I want to do a not-for-profit instead of a for-profit business. The other side of it being more noble in society or to your family or friends, that's one side of it. The other side, I think why people are setting up these not-for-profits is because they actually think it's easier. They, th- I think there's a delusion out there. And T, I want you to kind of jump in and, and talk about your, um, right, how, how you've been involved with any type of not-for-profit or kind of some of your thoughts on it. But I also tend to think, like I said, that people think that setting up a not-for-profit is easier because people owe you money or your mission is so strong, people are just going to give you money or you're going to get grants from 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 the state or from federal grants and things will just be funded properly because you set up this charitable organization I feel like people sometimes think it's easier and that's not the case because for both of the businesses, whether it's a not-for-profit or whether it's a for-profit business, both deal with business. And if you're not, if you don't have a high level of business IQ or business acumen, whether it's a not-for-profit or whether it's a for-profit business, they will fail if they're not run properly. But for some reason, again, I just feel like people think that a not-for-profit is easier or um, better to set up or looks better. So I'm not sure about that. But T, give me your thoughts, man. Like, what, where, where have you seen this happen? Have you had any uh, run-ins with not-for-profits? Or just kind of give me your thoughts on it. Well, it's interesting. Um, I I grew up, you know, very close to not not for profit because I grew up in a church. Um, not literally like we lived in the church, but like I was always around church <laughs> and church leadership. Um, so I, you know, I, I guess for me, not for profits or traditionally, you know, how I think about is a church. I understand like there's the Red Cross and, you know, other, you know, other organizations out there that are not for profit. But in my head, which is kind of funny as we're like going through it, we've been going through this topic. I look at those as like actual businesses. Um, I don't really look at those as not for profit because of 
honestly, how they generate revenue in a lot of ways is not much separation from how another company will generate this revenue, right? Um, they sell. Uh, they, they position their, their calls as a product that they sell, and they solicit either some type of uh, medium of exchange to get money to, you know, go back to the nonprofit, or they solicit a donation, and, you know, they want to exchange, like, hey, give me a donation, and I'm going to, you know, hopefully help you make you feel better about yourself or whatnot, um, you know, when it comes down to, like, you know, breast cancer, uh, nonprofits or the Red Cross, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, so I only see it really right from the church aspect of it, for the most part, where it really is truly like a solicitation uh, for a donation for the cause. Yeah. Uh, but, but. No, I was gonna say like I I think that that's that that's a hundred percent right. That obviously the right. church. The, the, the church is where we see it happen the most, I th or maybe not yeah. the most, but, you know, it's it's one that's yeah. very prevalent for us. Um, yeah. And, and you you would know, and you'd be somebody to be able to, to speak on it, right? Even getting donations, right? Getting the tithe, getting whatever you need to run the church is a struggle, right? It's, <laughs> it, it's a struggle to, to, like, get it, yeah. even though people... You know, they might love the church, they might love the pastor, they might love the environment, they might love the people. But when it comes to their money, right, it's tough It's tough to, 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 to separate them from it. And that happens in a lot of other nonprofits. I've, so I, I wind up sitting down with probably three or four different people over the past month or so uh, that worked for nonprofits. And then... Yeah. I or excuse me, not for profits. And then I also have been doing some speaking engagements with not for profits. And the number one thing, the common thread that's throughout all of them is there's not enough money. Right? There's not there's there's just not enough money. There's not enough money to to pay people to do things that they need. There's not enough money to to grow the organization, there's not enough money to get more resources. Like when it comes to non, most not-for-profits that I've dealt with, there's always a lack of money. There's always a yeah. lack of money. And that's what really started to resonate with me as we started to have this topic, you know, come up. It's because I'm like, well, if what you do is so good for people, Right. Most not not for profits have a really strong mission or really strong cause or something that's that really, you know, pulls pulls on people's heartstrings. It makes you want to do something saying saying like, you know, they do something great for the community. Yeah. But it always comes down to the health of this not for profit is going to come down to the health and the vision of the person running it and their ability to drive sales or drive top line like revenue a, a not for profit yeah. has to bring in money like it has to bring it in and too often they rely on one grant or two grants or you know two grants and donations from right people that still don't have money so yeah it's always a struggle and i wonder why people go into it thinking I think people go into it thinking that it's not going to be a struggle because it's a nonprofit where they could just yeah, as easily but, set up a for-profit, you know? Yeah, I, I think 
Yeah, I think I know. And we can even use this for the church, right? Like, I don't think we meant to go this way, but this is how our podcast used to go. So, <laughs> um, um, but even for the fundamental flaw is this. Whenever you want to have someone give you their money, which I'm going to use um, for people's understanding, um, or like, you know, some people get funky about this, especially when we talk about nonprofit. Uh, not for profit, excuse me. When people, I want, so instead of saying money, I'm going to say energy. When we want to take somebody's, we want somebody to give us their energy, a fundamental flaw that many not for profits have is your people are not going to exchange energy for nothing. Right? right? They're not going to, right? I know people that would rather go buy another pair of Jordans. Right, literally, and they have a hundred and fifty pair. <laughs> then go give a not-for-profit, the church, whatever, the the hundred and fifty bucks or the two twenty, rather than that, right? And it, they knows it can directly help their community, but why, right? And that's where not-for-profits have to understand. If you're thinking about this. What am I exchanging for value? Now, you probably started a not-for-profit because you don't care about the value of the person for the most part. You have your mission, your passion, that thing that you want to grow, which is fine. However, other people don't care. All right, let's just say, like, let's just be real. There's two parts. You have a, a goal. You want to impact your community. You want to, you know, help little black girls get, you know, be better in, in STEM programs. Or you have a church and you want people to know that, you know, the God that, you know, Fox News talks about is not the right God, right? Like, or whatever that might be, right? You want, you have this cause. You want the world to know. Nobody else cares. Not no one else, but most people don't care. All right? What they care about is what's in it for them. And for a not-for-profit entrepreneur or somebody that wants to start a not-for-profit or a church or what anything, right, you have, have, to, have, to, have to care of the church, right? Even starting a church. Now, some people will be like, blasphemy, what are you talking about? Listen, I've been in church most of my life in leadership roles, Um they, you have to have a product that people want every Sunday, and the better you make that product, the more likely it is that they're willing to give energy. I know of churches that literally are literally about to close their doors or have closed their doors or have to cut off services from people that say they love the church, love God, but they're not giving anything to help the cause. There's a product that is there. Now, in a church setting, that product is the environment, the institution, kind of, the resources that are available. And sometimes that product is the feel people get when they go in and leave, sure. right? Like, what's the what's the difference from you going to a Tony Robbins event, feeling good, getting pumped up, getting some good principles, taking some notes, meeting people, hugging, loving, screaming, walking on fire, to going in on Sunday morning to a church and feeling good, hey. not walking on fire. I mean, some churches do <laughs> well, it. Well, maybe but catching hey. the Holy Ghost. Maybe you might. You never know. Right. Right. Yeah, yeah, you know, you catch the Holy Ghost, right? That's walking on fire. Your body catch on fire, right? I don't know, right? But, like, this funny you see yourself so funny. So, but, 
But, you know, so think about it. You go in, you get some notes, you get some principles, right? And then you leave, yeah. right? The only difference is to get into Tony Robbins' event, you got to pay $1,000. For the church, it's free. Yeah. Right? Like, it's free. You can go get everything for free. But if they proposition it right to say, hey, you enjoyed this, right? Yes. This is life-changing, right? Yes. Hey, help other people experience it, too. Boom. You got the product, right? Whatever that is. And then now you're like, hey, I want to help other people, right? But even the best, the best, and I would say best, churches that don't struggle with that, per se, is because they understand there's two parts. There's the cause, and then there's the how, why somebody wants to give up their energy, so you you have you can't lose sight of both, but that but that's why I, some people do. So yeah, I'm just you know. I, I think both are business principles too. Like it's really just about adding value, right? It's what it's it's, it. it's what we talk about in the like in the for profit sector where we're talking about how you're growing a business and what you're doing. The key is adding value up front, and if you add value, then people want your product. They want your service that it's the way to sell without selling. It's just about adding value. So that principle in a for-profit setting works. And I think I think there's less delusion on that side, right? If you talk to anybody in a for-profit business that's running the business, they know their product or service has to be good. It has to be marketed. It has to be, yep. right? They have to add value. People have to want it. There has to be word of mouth. like. You think of those things when you think of a for-profit business. I believe a lot of people go into the nonprofit sector or the not-for-profit sector thinking that those things don't exist. Like you don't have to create value. You, like just my my mission's good enough because I want to save yeah. because I want to save children. Everyone wants to save children, right? So therefore, you yep. have to give me money, right? Therefore, somebody has to support me, right? Because I think my mission's big enough. So we don't think about, oh, I have to add value up front. I have to make sure my product is good. I have to make sure I market it properly. I have to make sure I shake a lot of hands and get it in front of the right people. I don't think people in the not-for-profit sector think that way. I think they, they're very no. passive about how they go about raising money or getting money, right? Like a lot of these organizations are about raising money. Well, to raise money, you have to add value somewhere. There has to be value presented. Someone has to say, I would give to that. And I just think that there's there's this misconception out there. It's a misconception that and and I'm and I may be assuming that that's a misconception, but just from what I've yeah. seen, I believe that they people tend to think that this is the simpler route because they don't have sales ability or they don't have a physical product or something that they feel like they can go into for-profit, that they try to make their business a non a, a, a not-for-profit, but it still has the same outcome, right? The same outcome is if you don't know how to run a business, you're not going to be in business. Like that's 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 just it. And it's, it's, it's harder sometimes to see it happen to the not-for-profits because these are good people with a good heart with that really want to like help and make change and Right. It, it, it's if I could give one piece of advice to someone looking to start a not for profit and I the, the number one thing I would say is understand your strengths and what you bring to the table 
and then you might need to bring on a business partner that knows how to run business. That's it, right? You may you may have the mission. It's kind of the same thing I talk like when when I talk to an artist or somebody that is creative. Typically, people that are very creative are not good at executing in business. It's rare that you find them both mixed in together. Um, some of but the people that do do it really well, like like Drake, right? Somebody like like him. He's yeah. he's super talented, but he's also like a business guy. He's also marketing savvy. Same thing with Jay Z, right? Like they're they're just kind of a couple examples, but that happens a bunch where artists or people that have are are, are um, very I- idealistic about things or want to use their brain a little bit more to kind of go out there. They don't have the technical management entrepreneurial business side to them and so whatever venture they start typically doesn't go off well unless they learn the other side or they bring somebody on board that already has that other side so for so that would be my singular piece of advice for anybody that's looking to start a not-for-profit and you really have this mission in your heart you really want to help a lot of people there's something that is really pulling on your heartstrings to like put in place but you might want to find a business person to partner with you that believes in the mission just like you, but can execute on the business, can go and get money, can can go and actually surround, build a team and, and surround the organization with the right people. And yes, you're going to have less money probably than most. But at the end of the day, you can use that money in order to do what you're not for profit needs to do to fulfill its purpose i just don't want people to think that it's easier it's any easier to start a not-for-profit than it would be to start a for-profit business unless there's some other metric or something that i might be missing out on maybe some of the tax purposes right like that's some of that that could be a a factor into why you choose a not-for-profit but outside of that because i believe both come down to business t i just i I think people are better off going for a for-profit business because at least you kind of know what you have to do and you know that no one owes you anything, right? Like, I think that's important. Yeah, and I I think, um, and you mentioned it, you know, at the opening of this podcast, there's this notion, um, and don't get me wrong, like, I understand it, um, but there's this notion that it's more noble to have a non a not for profit business than it is to have a for profit business, and it's interesting because like a part of our society like wants everybody wants to be an entrepreneur right like air quotes everybody wants to be an entrepreneur and then there's a part of our society that demeans super successful entrepreneurs. <laughs> it's so funny. Um, Right, it's like the big corporations you got to take them down, and there's I don't know, there's this weird, funky like I'm more noble because I'm not taking profit. I put them back in the company, and I have I've, I've had people come to me that I've consulted with, you know, with getting their business off the ground or just do some ideas with them or whatever, and every single time they talk about a nonprofit, I or a not for profit, I always say it do a for-profit business <laughs> and they always every time and they say why 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 and they're like but the tax breaks say look i can go get this government money and i said and so there's a couple of thoughts here i said 
the fact that you're talking about government money sounds like you're already thinking like somebody needs to give you a hand out to get your job done. It's literally the employee mindset versus the entrepreneur mindset. Yes. It's literally it's, like, oh, it's literally that. Yes. Right? It's like I don't it's like I'm already thinking about all this free money that the government gets out, I just want to get there, and then I can fulfill my dream off the government. Yep. Right? Like, I can have this, I can have this, I can build my salary in, I can do this, do that. But I'm like, hold up. Anybody that's starting a business that's already, like, who can give me money without creating value? Now, this also goes for new entrepreneurs that don't even have anything together and are already looking for investors. Like, create some value <laughs> first, right? Like, I get it. Now, don't get me wrong. There are some ideas that, hey, you might need some investment money to even bring a prototype to life. I understand somebody's going to argue that, but at the end of the day, you got to be having, you got to have some, some value there. So that's number one with, the, with these individuals. Number two, it's kind of like, I'm like, well, why nonprofit over for profit? They're like, because I care about this cause. And I said to my, and I always say to them, if you have a for profit business and you're the CEO and you're the the 100% shareholder, who says that you can't still give most of all of the money to your cause? Right. <laughs> who says you can't? Right. And then it's like, yeah, but then the, the obvious answer, because, but I get the tax break. And I'm like, does it matter how much you're taxed if your cause is getting what it needs? Right. Right? Because here goes another thing, too. When you have a not-for-profit not business and you take money from the government, they're all up in your business. They tell you everything you can and cannot do. Because you're taking money from them, of course. That's like right, right. That's the person that give that feeds you is the one that makes the rules. Exactly, exactly, one hundred percent. So now you got massive red tape. So you got massive red tape. You get some tax benefits. Okay, um, um, you know, you get, you know, you got money from them, et cetera, et cetera. You're not thinking about creating value. You're just thinking only about the mission. And now you're going to say, okay, well, what happens if the government doesn't do this, have this grant anymore? Then what? Yeah. Right? And so in a lot of ways, and I know some people are going to hate this, all you've done is try to buy a secure job. That's it. <laughs> That's the key. I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm going to just say it. It's just like a, a, a secure, cushy job that I don't have to worry about creating value or anything like that, just like an employee, right? I don't necessarily, I just got to do my job right, make sure to, and then all of it's going to filter back to this mission. I can just focus on my, my technician, my tactical work, and make sure everybody within my community that's going to benefit from this as long as the government keeps giving us the money <laughs> you know yeah. then we can keep on living and everything is good the same way i would if i was an employee as long as the boss keeps the doors open i'll keep servicing the customer i'll keep my salary or my hourly wage and keep on living life it's it's right? literally it's literally people going into an entrepreneurial venture with the employee mindset it's thinking that it that is. is going to be the easiest way. It, it is. Now, now, I will say, for those that, like, for example, 
you know, like myself. Maybe one day I may start a church. I don't know. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it, it's it's in my thought process, right? <laughs> sure. um, and, you know, I, the church is going to be, well, I don't want to go down a rabbit hole with that. The church is going to be a not-for-profit, okay? <laughs> and so and, and the reason why I say that is because, all right, now I'm probably going to piss a whole bunch of people off with this. But, okay, so I just think that all the tax benefits and whatnot, if you're running a, a, a good, you know, organization and you're, you know, you're transparent with, you know, with your books and, you know, it's not, you know, you're doing everything that you need to do. I feel like the church should be able to say, hey, we're, we want to take some of our resources, maybe an overflow of resources and be able to grow them the same way for-profit companies do. And I believe that not-for-profits, uh, you know, should be able to have that option as well. Um, and so that's just me. I just believe that if if I have a cause, right, why wouldn't I want to accelerate the resources to grow the resources or accelerate the growth of those resources to contribute more to the cause? Right. And that's just me, right? Like, that's just me. But I know that there's a lot of laws around that, but that's just what I believe that should be offered, and I think it can be mutually beneficial where if a not-for-profit does that, then the government, you know, uh, can come in and say, okay, we're able to tax you now on certain pieces of it, and I don't think that would be a problem if, the, if you are savvy enough to have the right type of growth strategy. But that's neither here nor there. That's my for-profit, like, trying to interfere with the not-for-profit <laughs> stuff. <laughs> uh, but anyways, but if I did, right, one day um, have a, a church or an organiz- a church organization, I'm thinking about, like, the future. Like, I'm thinking about, like, not just impacting my local community. I want to be able to think about impact, impacting maybe the global or at least the, the, the country. So you're going to go into it a different type of way than if somebody that says, hey, we're here in, you know, Loganville, and we just want something that's going to take care of Loganville, and that's it, right? Mm-hmm. And so I understand that there are two things. One is not worse than the other, but I do believe that, if you're going to be in Loganville, you got to think about if if the government did help, now what? Mm-hmm. Right? Like, if the government didn't help, right? Like, because honestly, you should have a plan to fund XYZ organization without the government and let the government be gravy. Absolutely. Maybe it, right? Maybe it gets you started, right? Because, you know, if you can get the grant, that really opens all the doors. But then you should transition off of the government. Right. Yeah. You it, know, and that's just, just, and you it's, get it. it's just smart business, right? Like in the for-profit yeah. side, if you were a for-profit business and you thought of it like a for-profit business, that's just saying that you should not have one customer or one client that is the majority of your revenue. Like that's it's the, it's the same principle. If you have a consulting Correct. business or some type of like, and I see this happen a lot too. With for-profit, that's why they go out of business because they have some type of service where their bread and butter is they get hooked up with a government contract or some type of big service contract, and it's literally 100% of their revenue. 
Like literally, like they can't handle anything more, but that thing pays their business. It's a hundred percent of their revenue. That's just not smart because when that business chooses to not pay for you anymore or something happens, your business goes to zero. So even in the for-profit side, you have to make sure you have lots of different ways of having revenue come in. I think the the standard number is like 30% or something like that. Like the most you want to have from one business giving you revenue is like 30% of your revenue coming from one, one area. The other 70% should be coming up from multiple or other, other sources. And that happens in the not-for-profit and the for-profit sectors that people rely on one thing, one government contract, one, uh, one other service contract from a big corporation to then fund their business. And they think they have a business. They don't. And that's, what's tough. Yep. Yep, and it's funny you say that because I've advocated to, you know, all the pastors that I've, you know, been around, consulted with, they were my mentors. I consult every single one. I just about I said, hey, when I when I when I would when I knew, right? Like, you know, before I didn't know, I didn't know what to say. But I'm like, hey, you should not have to worry. You should not base anything on the donations of people. Absolutely. Now, that and like and like that's in the church and particularly in the black church where you know we won't even let you out of service without the tie. Like you know, <laughs> like sometimes, hey, now nah, service ain't over yet. We ain't raising enough money. Not saying that's right. I'm just you know. I've been um, in a church that, like that. I've right? I've I've stopped by a church. I, I wasn't a part of it, but I stopped by a church like that, and it happened once. Yeah. And I was like, oh, maybe. Maybe it's just a like maybe it's just a bad week or something. And I came back like two <laughs> weeks later, and it was the same thing. Like we couldn't leave literally till they're like, "Come on, guys, we don't have enough. We don't have enough." I was like, "Man, yeah. this is bad. This this isn't good." Yeah, <laughs> that, exactly right. So that's funny. That's like that's like your customer bought a T-shirt out your clothing store. And you're like, "Yo, you cannot leave it to you by the jeans and the shoes." Too. Exactly. Right? Like. <laughs> like, like just won't even be here tomorrow if you don't buy the G's and the T's, right? No, so, 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 so what I've always advocated was don't rely or care about the donations. Get, like, you know, let the church, if there's a few, whatever, leverage the church to buy, and this is my example, apartment buildings in the community. Get the rental income, right? Have offer a service, manage them the right way, et cetera, et cetera. Have the businesses generate revenue that then funds everything to the mission, right? And then the beautiful thing is they're still all nonprofit because it's all under the church. That Have the church create assets that fund everything. You still ask for the donation, right? Like that's not the problem, but now you're not reliant on it. Right? Like, mm-hmm. it's so, if, I mean, I just think about, like, something like the small storefronts, right? Mm-hmm. Some storefront churches are at the bottom, and then there's, like, four or five apartment buildings above them or next to them or whatnot. What if, right, like, the pastor's usually the one that's all in. What if the pastor said, okay, cool, I'm going to go ahead and buy the six apartments around it. There's enough rental income that comes in that pays for the mortgage on the church and those rental properties, because that's how they should be set up anyway, and enough extra, I fund the church. The church is always funded now, regardless of anybody giving a dollar. Yep. 
That, like, think about that. That would like, make like, perfect sense. That would make perfect sense. Now, yes. Now, think about how much more you can do for your cause hit, hit, when you're not stressed about the finances. And that's why people run into the not-for-profit not because they want to get that government grant. What me and Chris have suggested is you go create it. Exactly. You go create that. And then, especially like, you know, the church, I mean, the government don't give churches government grants. But, <coughs> excuse me, if, whatever it is, create an asset that generates money. And then you plug it back in. The best not-for-profit that I've ever seen do this was our college. Uh. Our college, right, was a not-for-profit. And they marketed really well, right? Like, I was in California, and they were literally in my living room talking to me and my dad about me going to school down in Miami all the way from Long Beach, California. <laughs> Right, like there was a local California rep, <laughs> like, like, like one student. I was one of thousands of students, not on any scholarship. Like I know some people are like, well, you might be no, no scholarship, no academic scholarship. I told y'all about how terrible I was in school with that CT and stuff. Like no <laughs> basketball scholarship. I tore my knee, my ACL, excuse me, and I lost all my scholarship offerings that I was getting offered. Like I had nothing. I just want to go to the school, and excuse me, and they were in my door, and they were in my house. No other college was doing that. Yeah. No other college did that, and I was still about to say no, and this guy said, "Hey, look, you worried about leaving home, California?" I said, "Yeah." He said, "Well, <laughs> excuse me, if California," he said, "if you don't like it." You can always come back. California ain't going nowhere. <laughs> and guess what? He closed me. Now, he closed a $100,000 deal. <laughs> <laughs> what was the product that they offered? Education. Right. At a premium price. And that's why I ended up with 100000 <laughs> Excuse me. I'm sorry. That's crazy. <laughs> right? But they were willing to do it. They were willing to go that route. They were willing. It was a nonprofit school, and they just did it differently, and that's why they got my business. They treated it like and business. I think this that yeah. that that sums up that sums up kind of maybe the points that we're trying to make, or you know, be able to e express to people that if you're getting into a not for profit because you think it's the easier route, because you think. Money will just be handed to you because there are grants out there, because somebody will give you a handout to fund what you feel is important. If that's why you're starting this not this not for profit, you're not you're not going to do well. It's just it, it's just not going to. It's literally like trying to start a business, but thinking about it like an employee, thinking about it like somebody that's taking another job. Right. It's a business. Whether it's not for profit or for profit, it is a business. So T and I are basically telling you guys, if you're thinking about doing this just because it's easy to set up and it'll cut you a check and you have a good heart and it's actually doing something for the community or for the world or for society, whatever the case is, 
it's just not it, it's not the right way to think about starting a not-for-profit versus if you wanted to start a for-profit business the same things apply but now you know that nothing is given to you there are no handouts there's not government contracts you have to make your product or service superior so people want to actually buy it or purchase it or come see you or whatever it is that you're you're doing and you have to market it properly you have to put it in front of your target market you have to put it in front of the right people that would actually care about your product or service and then you have to run the business properly keep your expenses low make sure that you are putting money back into the business to feed it make sure that then you know you can start looking at the tax breaks I, I know we touched a little bit on taxes and that might be a reason why some people go not for profit over for profit recently in i, I read an article that said that uh two of the biggest companies in in our world today pay zero in federal taxes one of them being amazon and another one being netflix i read i read that both of them pay zero zero they're for-profit businesses guys let's keep that in mind they're for-profit businesses they pay zero dollars in federal taxes both of them had in the what's what's billions so millions is seven figures what is billions what's that nine figures nine, yeah. nine figures they or eight figures i guess nine figures ten figures i don't know but they're in the billions yeah. they're in the billions <laughs> in profit billions in profit not in top line not in what comes in not in sales i think amazon was at 11 billion dollars profit bottom line after expenses and they paid zero in federal taxes so you know can you be a for can you be a for-profit business and win the tax game yes you can yes. you absolutely can does so if your only reason to go into the not-for-profit was for taxes tax purposes well then again it's not the right it's not the right motive because you could go into a for-profit business if you create enough jobs by the way that's you guys can read the article i, I don't know it's probably by the time you hear this podcast it's probably been a couple weeks since that that are those articles have come out but you can you, you can look them up but the reason why the underlying reason for people that don't know as to why they pay zero in federal taxes is because they create so many jobs. If you are a business, right, the tax laws actually favor people that are true business owners, that create economic opportunities for other people. That's where the tax laws benefit you. So for a, a company like Amazon who, who employs over 600, 700,000 people, right, imagine if each of those people just we're getting paid, you know, $40,000 a year. Well, if you do the math on something like that, you're you're talking about billions that they're paying out in salaries. Well, when yeah. someone has a salary, guess what they have to pay automatically? Taxes. So why should yep. the business have to pay taxes if I've just created 600,000 other people that have to pay you taxes? I don't have to pay taxes. That's how it works. That's how it works. That's a higher tax record. <laughs> That's, it. That's it. That's how it works. And so, again, just to make the clarification, don't think you have to go into a not-for-profit to, to save money on taxes. 
because the biggest businesses, and if you actually get your business acumen up, if you learn how to properly conduct business and run a big business and strive to have a big business and not just be self-employed, right? We can go we we can go down that rabbit hole for days of cash flow quadrant and the difference between being self-employed and being a business owner. But if you're not just being self-employed and you really are thinking about being a true business owner where you have, you know, 500 employees, you're running a big business, you can win the tax game just the same. At the end of the day, it comes down to how how good are you at business? How well do you understand being the entrepreneur? How how well do you understand books like the E-Myth and how to work on your business and not in your business? How well do you understand it? And that is the differentiator and that's that's the separator for people that do well in business, whether it be for profit or not for profit. But that's a huge, huge distinction. Wouldn't you say, T? I'm 100% in agreement. 100%. It's the way it goes, guys. It's the way it goes. And and because of that, and because we're in agreement, I think that's a great place to wrap up the podcast. <laughs> just to be honest. Right? Like, it's a good... Before we disagree about something, <laughs> exactly. it go another hour. It go another, it go another hour, right? Because that's typically what, what happens when we start to... Uh, have a difference of perspective, right? But since we have a similar perspective on this, and again, we just want to help. We we want to shed light. We want to share with you our perspective on this. It doesn't, T and I don't believe we're right or wrong about certain things. We, we might be very convicted. We might have our opinion. We, we It might be rooted in fact or based on things that really are concrete. However, it's just our perspective. It's just ours. Right. And you're more than entitled to yours. I know. Right. This might be a topic when we talk about the the churches or the or the charitable organizations or the not for profits, because some people get very attached or um, emotional about it because it comes normally from a good place. These people have a good heart. I understand those things and we're not here. Well, I guess we are kind of here to ruffle feathers a little bit, but not in a in a derogatory or mean way. At the end of the day. We just want people to see that we, if, if you're going to be successful at something that you do, today we're talking about business, not for profit versus for profit. If you're going to be successful, you have to go into it understanding what it is that you're getting into. And I and T and I are in agreement that, uh, that people believe that if you st- you're starting a not for profit, that somehow things will be given to you a little bit easier or uh, a little bit more guaranteed than if you did the for-profit business. And I we just don't believe that that's true. So we wrap up with the question of the day, guys. Um, as always, we want to hear your perspective. We want to hear what you think about it. Hopefully this is one that, you know, you have a difference of perspective on so we can have some conversation about it because T and I just want to talk to you and find out how you think about this situation. But the question of the day is, if, and this is for people that are um, starting or wanting to start a business. The question is, would you start a not-for-profit or would you start a for-profit and why? Right? Would you start w- – would you want to go into the not-for-profit sector so that you could set up these grants and you can help the community and you can really give back from day one? 
or would you look at going a for-profit business where you have a product or service that you know you have to sell in order to make money in order to, and run the business properly in order to make profit on the bottom line and then use that to potentially help out the community or do whatever you need to do in order to get those tax advantages would you go that route so is it not for profit is it for profit and why i'm curious to hear your thoughts t wrap it up for the people give them your last thought before we get out of here uh honestly chris man i think you you hit you hit the nail on the head you gotta be you gotta consider it um i will just leave you know just continue to add to it whether you decide a not-for-profit or a for-profit it's still contributing to society right it's just how you do it and how you maneuver it and honestly how it presents to the irs is really the main difference um um, you know at the end of the day so if you say hey i want to i want to have a sneaker company guess what you're contributing to the style of society and if they're buying from you then that means you're all you're bringing some joy and some goodwill to them um, if you want to say, hey, I want to, you know, help out the, you know, the spiders in my community because they're dying off too fast, and so be it, right? Like, you know, maybe we do need more spiders. I don't know. Like, you do. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, um, you know, so whatever it is, just make sure you go at it full, you know, wholeheartedly, and you remember it still is a business rather it, regardless of whether you keep the profit or you put the profit back in to save more spiders. All right. That's it. That's it. That's exactly what it's about, guys. It's still a business. So until next week, we are going to sign off for the Perspective Podcast. We love you guys. We wish you guys the best. We hope you guys are doing well. Remember, hit us up. We want to have the conversation with you. But until next week, we're signing off. Say goodbye to the people, T. God bless the people. Till next time. Take care. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Perspective Podcast. We hope this conversation made you think a bit deeper, gain some insight, or even possibly even gain a brand new perspective. If you did enjoy it, do us a favor. Please subscribe to our podcast on Apple Music, Spotify, Anchor, or anywhere else you stream. Leave a review to help more people experience these conversations and potentially change their perspective as well. And lastly, as always, T and I want you to connect with us. So follow us on Facebook, on Instagram, LinkedIn, and Twitter. You can find us just by using our names. And there we get a chance to hear your perspective. Until next time, God bless.